Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend under the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God and Father. Let us only see Jesus. He gets all the glory. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you will turn with me to John 10. This meeting is based and began on 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. But we're not going to go there. We've spoken that enough, but I do want to add this one. John 10, verse 35, a verse now that all the, that have attended these meetings listen to, a verse that we're all familiar with. 35, beginning 34, Jesus answered them. So this is Jesus speaking. It says, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. And if he called them God's unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot, cannot be broken. Jesus himself said that. And we know from John 1, 1, Jesus is the word. And it cannot be broken. Now, with that, turn a couple pages over to John 12, 47. I want to lay a little groundwork before what we talk about today. There's a phrase in here I want to get to. This is Jesus again speaking. Verse 46, I am come a light into the world. That whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness. And then this next phrase. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. Do you see that? Jesus says anybody that doesn't believe on me, I judge him not. Do you know Jesus isn't judging you? Jesus didn't come to judge you. Look at the next line. For I came not to judge the world. He didn't come to judge the world. He didn't come to send you to hell. What did he come for? But to save the world. To save the world. Jesus himself said, I'm not going to judge you. In fact, he goes on in the next verse and says, the word I speak, that'll judge you. Jesus isn't the one that's going to judge you. Jesus isn't. Why? He didn't come to judge you. Jesus did not come to judge you. The amazing thing is the Father and Jesus, they not only know what you've done wrong, they know your intentions for doing it. They know why you did it. And yet, he came to save you anyway. He came to save you anyway. Isn't that beautiful? He came to save you. He didn't come to judge you. Now with that, I want us to go to Job 14. And I'm going to read verse 1. I bet you some of you didn't even know this verse was in the Bible. Job chapter 14 verse 1. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. The word of God cannot be broken. You wonder why you got so much trouble? It says it right here. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. So by this verse and by the word of God that cannot be broken, you're going to have trouble one way or the other. 
Whether you believe God or not, you're going to have trouble. It says it right here. You're going to have few days. In other words, you're not going to live to be a thousand years old. And you're going to have trouble. So now we know that trouble you got, that trouble you've seen, everybody gets it. It's promised. Now go with me to Psalm 34. There's a difference. Here is the difference. Here is where things divide. Psalm 34, verse 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. All their troubles. Not some of their troubles. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears. Isn't that beautiful? If you are righteous, God hears your cry. It says it right here. If you're righteous and you cry, God hears it. And not only hears it, delivers them out of all, all their troubles. All of them. You got the guts and the courage to believe that? Do you have the guts and the courage to believe that? We're going to find out. Then I want us to go to verse 19 right there. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Who put that in the Bible? Who put that in the Bible? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know, when I was brought up in a denominational church, I spent about 10, 12 something years there. Do you know that if you were in a bunch of trouble, they would look at you like you were unholy. That maybe you weren't one of them. And right here it says, if you're righteous, you're going to have many troubles. You know what that makes me? <laughs> righteous. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, if you don't have persecution, if you don't have trouble, if you don't have affliction, you're not worth powder and shot. You're not worth it. So now we know from verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all, them all, them all. If you got the guts to believe that, if you got the guts to hang on to that, turn with me to 1 Peter 4. I'm going to go to verse 12. Beloved, I love this verse. Peter kind of slides it in here. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Oh, you're going to think that way. Told God, common? This is common? I want addresses and phone numbers because I don't see it common. The word of God cannot be broken. But rejoice, rejoice, inasmuch as you are a partaker of Christ's sufferings. Did you see that? When the trouble hits, rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. You mean Christ suffered? Oh, yeah. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. There is an end to this. And there is a reward to this. Thank God, if you will get this in your heart, your life on earth is just a temporary walk. We diligently search God so that we have prosperity and we have health and we have a roof over our head and our kids are all born again. We work for that, but you know you're also working for your eternity. You're not only rewarded here on earth, but you're looking for your reward in heaven. I didn't have that mindset. 
One day I was just frustrated and all this, and God ministered to me. This is just temporary. We want to be at the right place for eternity. Now, how do we do this? Now you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble. What am I going to do? How are you going to handle this? It says that the righteous will be delivered out of all their troubles. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how to get out. I want you to go to Romans 5. There is a way out of every situation you are in. And I can stand here and swear to that. There is a way out of every situation you are in every situation you say to yourself this is hopeless thank god it's hopeless because then there's only one way out and that's through god that is through god there is a way out out of every situation and god will move on your behalf it said in Psalm 34, the righteous cry, and God delivers the righteous out of all their afflictions. There's your first step right there. Are you righteous? Are you righteous? Are you righteous? There's your first step to make sure you get out of this. Are you righteous? Well, let's, let's take a look at Romans 5.1. I'm going to begin in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, not by how you act, it has nothing to do with following the Ten Commandments. It has nothing to do with following the Ten Commandments. If you can read the New Testament, your following the Ten Commandments doesn't get you anything. The Word of God in the New Testament says that the law will not justify you. It won't take your sins away. It won't make you righteous. Well, we want to be righteous. Well, then how do we get righteous? It's not obeying the Ten Commandments. It's by faith. By faith. Something that you didn't ask for and something you don't deserve. It's by faith. And it's by faith in what? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the honor, the glory of God. That, and if you read a little bit further, the reason you're justified is the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. Do you know you were justified 2,000 years ago? You were justified 2,000 years ago. And when were you justified? When Jesus shed his blood. When Jesus was on the cross, your sin and my sin was placed on that body. Everything you've ever done was put on the body of Jesus, and he knew it, and he took it. He bore it in his own soul. He didn't just carry it in a suitcase, as God said to me once. He said, Jesus didn't carry your sins in a suitcase had him in his soul. He became my sin. He became an adulterer. He became a murderer. He became a child molester, a wife beater. He took on genocide. He took it all on, folks. He took on everything you've ever done. God took it from you and put it on that body and in that soul. And why would he do that? So that that blood that Jesus shed for you on the cross would take it away. Would take it away. 
that blood took it away. It says in Isaiah 53, verse is it 11, I think, he saw the travail of Jesus' soul with my sin on it in hell, with your sin on him in hell, paying for what I did, paying for what you did. Not what he did. He didn't do anything. He was in hell paying for what we did. And the father saw it. And there came a point where the father said, that is enough. That is enough. Enough of what? Enough for paying for you and I. Do you see where our payment was made? It was made with Jesus. And the father saw that and was satisfied. Satisfied. Satisfied with you. And you weren't even around yet. But he was satisfied with you. And he raised Jesus from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead because Jesus was finished paying for you. If the, Jesus hadn't been finished for paying for you, he'd still be there. But he's not. He satisfied the Father. And the Father raised him from the dead. And you know then, Jesus took that blood the blood that he shed on the cross and he went to heaven with it and he walked in to the holiest of holies in heaven there's a tabernacle in heaven that the father pitched man did not that's what Moses had to do the father said make sure you make this tent just like the one I got up here everything about that he said make it just like the one I got and so Moses did but we got a better one we got the one up there and Jesus walked in to that holiest of holies with his blood that paid for your sin and he sprinkled the altar. And you know it says in that word. God met him in that holiest of holies. Met him. Waited for him. Waited for him to come in and pay for you. Waited for him to walk in and pay for you. And your sins and my sins were totally paid for. And we were justified. We were justified then but when do we see it work in us when we believe it when we believe it you were justified 2,000 years ago Jesus already paid for you you were made righteous and given the gift of righteousness on in this chapter you were given the gift of righteousness 2,000 years ago when do you see it manifest when you believe it it's done. It's all done. It's your choice whether to believe it or not. But it's done. And if you don't believe it, you are putting it away. You are rejecting it. So you're either going to accept what God did for you and Jesus did for you, or you're going to reject it. That's your choice. That's why Jesus said, I'm not going to judge you. What's going to judge you? The word that I speak. Because it's going to be your choice. You can either accept what Jesus did for you and see the manifestation, or you're going to reject it and miss out on what God did for you already. So now by that blood, we are made righteous. We are justified. We are just because of what Jesus did for us. We are that righteous that cry in Psalm 34 because of what Jesus did for us. 
We are that person, that righteous person that's crying out because of what Jesus did, not because of what we did. And it says it right here in verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith, trusting in, hanging on to, that Jesus justified us with that shed blood. We have peace with God. We have peace. God's not mad at you if you believe what Jesus did. Jesus took the wrath. Jesus took God's anger. He took it in hell. God can't be angry with you if you believe. He can't be. He took it out on Jesus. And he's going to give you every opportunity to believe that. But if you reject it, there will be a day. There will be a day. Folks, hell is real. Hell is real. You don't want to go there, and you don't have to. All you have to do is believe. Now, we find ourselves in trouble. We'll go on. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. There is your answer. We glory in tribulations also. You know what that glory word means? It means to boast. We boast in tribulation also. You got to be kidding me. All hell hits. And you want me to boast? What? Boast how bad it is? No. Tribulation. That word means trouble. It means burdened. It means anguish. It means tribulation. It means persecution. We boast. Boast what? What I just said. Boast what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. That's what we boast in. Do you have the courage? Do you have the courage? You know, God didn't tell Joshua, Joshua, you have great faith. He didn't say that. He said, courage. He said, have courage, Joshua. Have courage. Have some guts. When trouble hits, have some guts and stand up and boast. What do you boast in that 2,000 years ago, Jesus already took this on the cross? Took it all. He took my sickness on the cross. He took my poverty on the cross. He took whatever it would take to get my peace, my welfare, my safety, my security was all paid for on the cross. That's what you boast in. And who do you boast to? You boast to God and you boast to the devil. And it doesn't hurt to boast to yourself either. Oh, if you could hear me some days. You hear me? This was paid for 2,000 years ago. And it gets worse. Do you hear me? This was paid for 2,000 years ago. And Jesus was raised from the dead. And I am raised with him. Do you hear me? Yes, you have to open your mouth and boast. Have you ever been to a football game and they say, Yay. <laughs> Defense. Defense. No. But yet we won't open our mouths. It says boast in tribulation. Boast. And then it says, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. That's continuance. Why is this problem not going away? Because you're learning how to stay with it. Because you're learning how to boast all the time. Not five minutes and then quit. Not 15 minutes and quit. Not boast today and cry tomorrow. No. You stick with that boasting until you get in your hands what you're boasting about. You don't stop 
boasting until you get in your hands what Jesus paid for. And you boast to God, you boast to yourself, you boast to the devil and anybody else that'll stand still long enough to hear. Now, work tribulation, work with patience. That's continuance, sticking with it, not quitting till you get it. Oh, that sounds so cool until you try it, but you're gonna have to do it even when you don't feel like it. Even when you feel like crying, you gotta stop the crying and you gotta boast. Even when you feel an anguish, you don't yield to the anguish, you boast. And what God is going to do for you because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. I have a testimony about this. I had a situation where I found, after being married for almost 30 years, that there were bills that I never even knew of. I found out that even in my name, I owed the IRS. And I owed other people close to $100,000 and I knew nothing about it. I called that trouble, and I had to get out of that trouble, and one of the ways it was gonna help was I was gonna have to sell the home that we both owned. Now, we, because of other reasons, other reasons, we divorced. But now, because I had in my name all that debt, I called that trouble. And you know what I had to do? In the middle of the trouble, in the middle of having a divorce, in the middle of all the other things that happened, I had to boast. I had to boast. I had to sit with my mouth. I thank God Jesus bore this on the cross. He knows and there is nothing, nothing he can't get me out of. Nothing. You'd be amazed. How would you like to find out that you owe $100,000 and you have nothing to pay for it? They have nothing. I was let go of my job and other things that happened and all of this. I was one woman in severe trouble and I boasted about what Jesus did for me. I went to go sell that house. I didn't even know about all of this yet. I didn't know how big the bill was. I knew I had one, but I didn't even find that out till we got to where we were selling the house and we put a contract on it. And then I found out all this other stuff. But I wanted to get the house sold and I didn't even care if I got a profit out of it. I just wanted the house sold. I thought, anything I've got left, thank God, and you know, whatever. But I just needed that house sold. Do you know that God, in his love and mercy and gospel, the gospel, that he sent Jesus to save me because he loved me, in that love, he sent me a buyer. I tried to sell it to another woman for basically my side of it at cost. I wanted her to have the house. She was in kind of the same predicament I was. So I thought, you know, help the woman out. I said, I'll take no profit. She couldn't do it. So now I've got this house. This man comes in to buy it, and they look at the house. They like the house. They're getting ready to buy it. And I want you to hear this. I told the man face to face. We're standing in my living room. I said, I'm going to take a cut on my profit so that you can have this house. And you know what he told me? He said, no. No. He said, I'm going to pay full price for this house. Do you hear me? Can you believe God would do that? I'm going to pay full price for this house. And then after I get the house, I'm going to get a loan out and I'm going to fix it. Do you hear me? Yes, sir. And that's when we put a contract on the house. And then I found out how much money I owed. And that house was not going to cover anywhere near. But do you know, 
Do you know miracle after miracle? I talked to the IRS. We were going back and forth. I did everything that God wanted me to do. I talked to them all. I worked with this one. I worked with this one. God stepped in and did miracle after miracle. And when we sold that house, two weeks later, I walked out not owing anybody a penny. God miraculously did miracle after miracle, impossible things, and got me out of debt completely. Why? Jesus has all the money in all the world. Your debt doesn't scare him. You know who made money? Jesus. He had a way, and it worked out totally to my surprise. I mean totally to my surprise. There is no situation that you are in that God cannot get you out. And he got you out 2,000 years ago. But you have to boast. You have to boast when you don't want to boast. You have to trust in it, believe in it. And that's what boasting helps. It helps you to believe it. You have to hang on to it when you don't want to hang on to it. When you want to cry. When you want to call somebody. Don't. Don't. Boast. Boast to God, boast to the devil, boast to your dog. It said, tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience. There comes the first problem he solved. Guess what? There's going to be another one. It'll probably be a little bigger. That's okay. We boast. And we get through that one. And that's more experience. And the problem gets a little bigger. I have talked to more than one person. Do you know if God would have stepped in and done a total miracle at the beginning of their trouble, they'd have never grown. They'd have never learned patience. They'd have never learned that continuance. And they know it now. But I have seen God work, work, bring that patience. The miracle comes. And you know what the neat thing is? Then it's your miracle. Then it's God working for you. Then it's yours. It says, experience, experience, hope, and hope make it not ashamed. Because the love of God. Why does he get you out of trouble? Because the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Do you see why you get in trouble? Because of the love of God. The love of God. It causes you to grow. It causes you to boast. It causes you to believe. So when we get in trouble, we rejoice. Woo, here comes another one. You know, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Sometimes it takes me five minutes, but I'm almost there. We rejoice. Why? Because you know you're going to get the victory every time. Psalm 34, the word of God cannot be broken. The righteous will be delivered out of all, all their troubles. Are you righteous? Now, you can't even start with this, and then you're in big trouble if you're not born again. If you're not born again, how do you get born again? That born again means getting the spirit of Jesus, the one that died for us, the one that died for you and was buried for you and raised again for you inside you where he can lead you and guide you and fix you. And how do you do that? Romans tells us, Romans 10, it says, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So repeat after me, Jesus Come into my heart. Become Lord of my life. Lead me. Guide me. 
fix me. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.